Did you know 100% of believers eventually go through a period when God seems to let them down? 100% is a lot, right? What's up with that? Next on this podcast. So a guy named Dr. R.T. Kendall actually came up with this and said, basically as Christians, that uh, all of us eventually go through a period where we feel like that God has just, you know, abandoned us, that that he that, that he's, he's really literally let us down. And then he goes on to say that 90% of us fail to break down this barrier and our faith is hindered. Not necessarily that we lose total faith, but it, it, it takes a chink out of our armor. And, and when we think about this as pertains to last Sunday's message, we talked about the thorns and thistles that we always have with us all the time. What that leads us then to, to believe is that we see problems in those thorns and thistles that we automatically blame on God. Sean, uh, welcome to thank you for being with us today. Yeah, thanks for uh, having me. So have, have you heard that before? Have you heard people going through this stuff before like this? I have. And, and you know, actually I've been through it myself. And during that time, you know, I was a, I was a real special case because I could never bring myself to say God is at fault here. So in my mind, it was it was me. I believed everything there is, all the good things about God that I've always believed and that I've always been taught. I believed all those things, but I convinced myself that for whatever reason during that season, that didn't apply to me. So when you boil all that down, it's the same thing. It's the same thing as saying, as blaming God, even though I couldn't bring myself to actually say it, I would just say, I'd put it on me. I'm not worthy. But that's, uh, that's not in my, that's not in my hands. That's in God's hands. And it was, uh, you know, it was a, it was a learning experience for me to, to realize that, you know, my sense of worth doesn't come from me. It comes from God. And if I ever think that I'm unworthy and that God is, for whatever reason, in that season, God views me the same way. Well, that's that's a that's a me problem. And that's a disconnect between myself and God, because I have I have moved. And when we were talking about all this, and again, I'm using the thorns and thistles analogy that we have to to live with. And whenever this just just stuff happens in our lives, uh, I, I love what this uh, one person said that we have been given too few facts to explain all the heartache in an imperfect fallen world. So so in your situation, you're trying to make sense of it all, but right. you don't have all the information. And so you're trying to fill in the blanks and to fill in the blanks, it must be me. That's right. And it's either me or God. Well, I grew up, it's not God. It can't be God. So right. it has, you know, so it has, has to be me. So I don't, I don't think the answer is, is crystal clear, no matter what you think. Right. And, and so what what I've come to understand and really come to 
um, to find out about people is that that there's a huge diversity of opinions and lifestyles pertaining to this idea of of living in the thorns and thistles. And I and I came across it. Actually, you can come across it pretty regularly on uh, popular televangelist, truthfully. Uh, and I came across it some in my first the city I first was a pastor in in Florida. And and, and I want to, uh, for lack of a better word, the prosperity gospel that mm. that some of you have heard out there. Uh, that um, that that is pretty it's pretty solid in some areas. Uh, in our country, in some truthfully, some huge churches, uh, and it's called the wealth and health gospel as well. Uh, so, so here's the deal: if 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 you're following along that line, and you're following along the lines of, okay, uh, it's all about prosperity, it's all about health, it's all about wealth or whatever, but then things happen that don't match up with that. Here's what you have to conclude. One, God is dead, irrelevant, bored, or uninvolved in our lives. Does that one even make any sense to to you, to Sean? I mean, when you think about it. Some of it does. Some of it does. Um, Where where I struggle with that is, you know, if 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 that's the case, if that's your belief system, then... I don't know that we can then say that we believe that the life of Jesus on this earth was and still serves as an example to us and how we should live. Because time and time again, Jesus shows us how to live in the thorns and the thistles. And so if, uh, you know, if we believe that, uh, you know, our faith and the you know the the amount of the frequency of prayer and all those things are going to you know enable you know a stress-free pain-free life then i again that can't coexist with jesus served as an example of how we should live and it also flies in the face of john 16:33 in this world you will have trouble yeah, so so people that buy buy into the health, wealth, and prosperity gospel stuff would, would probably agree with you that, that, that that's not right. right. Yeah, you know, God dead, irrelevant, bored, uninvolved in our lives. It, you know, that's that's not right. But the next one though, there's a possibility. You sort of hinted at this while ago. God's angry at me for some sin I've committed. If things aren't going right in my life, if I'm living in thorns and thistles when everything's supposed to be coming up roses and I'm supposed to have all the money in the world, no cares in the world, whatever, then, well, if, if something's going on in my life, then God's angry at me. I, I'm, I must have committed a sin I just didn't know about, uh, and, and which is sort of where, where you alluded to yes, absolutely. A, a little bit earlier. Uh so I think a lot of people might fall into that one, mm-hmm. and and this is and and I'll get to the one that uh, the last one. There's four of these, by the way, just in case y'all are keeping count at home. Um, there's four of them. the The next one is, yeah, God is whimsical, untrustworthy, unfair, or sinister. Now, now for for me, I would think there's probably a number of people out there who actually might believe God is sinister. Uh, yes, truthfully. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm, I'm not sure of that whimsical untrustworthy, unfair and, unsin- uh, unfair and sinister, probably uh, there may be a healthy number of people out there. I agree with that. Um, that that would think that about God just in you know regular everyday life we have people believing that uh, anyway. But the the last one is the one I came across in in Bluntstown. God ignored me because I didn't pray enough or have enough faith. Mm-hmm. So so things are going crappy in my life. Uh, I am middle in the thorn. I'm in middle of the thorns and thistles. I can't get out of it. So it must be because I didn't pray enough or I didn't have enough faith. And, and, and I don't know if you come across any people that believe this, but this is really heart heartbreaking when you meet somebody like this that has this type of belief. It is. It's it's devastating. And I have. And you know, Kyle, I think that while this may not be the chief belief system of a lot of people, of you know people that we would view as spiritually grounded, but we as Christians, I, I, just, I firmly believe that we all go through seasons where those thoughts run through our minds. And, you know, just like I was saying, I wasn't specific with me that I wasn't praying enough, that I didn't have enough faith. It was just that I'm not enough. I'm, I'm just I'm just not enough. So fill in the blank. You know, so basically I look at that as me saying I'm not enough as an umbrella phrase for I'm not praying enough. I'm not doing this. I'm not I'm not living the way that I should live. And, you know, and there was a lot of things that I didn't understand. And you mentioned this, but one of the ways that I was able to come out of that was, you know, sounds cliche, but, uh, you know, most things that are cliche, they're cliche for a reason because they're true. You know, the book of Job and you see Job going through everything and not knowing why not understanding what was going on and what I was able to glean from that story was that if God is who he says he is, if God is all knowing, if God knows the way everything's going to play out, if he is truly sovereign, then God knows the answers that I lack. And if God is the provider then I have to believe that God will provide those answers to me when I need them, which means I'm never in a situation that I don't have the information that I need, at least enough information to take the next step to advance. And, you know, it's the, it's the old adage that uh, life can only be understood looking back. Yeah. And um, unfortunately we don't, uh, Many of us Christians don't want to do that. <laughs> so right. We, we, we want to look, okay, what, God, what you going to do next for me? And what right. was next? How are you going to pull me out of this? What, how are you going to uh, take me through this and get me out of this? And, and we have people uh, in our congregation still struggling and still expecting God to do a miracles. And, you know, we have a great example, you know, uh, of James Barnes being, you know, literally resurrected. That's not everybody's story. It's a cool right. story for James, and it's a great testimony. It's re-energized, re-energized his faith. But that's not everybody's story, and and by and large, that's more of an anomaly, truthfully, right. uh, than anything else. But uh, but it's given him great great platform, by the way, um, and and to to share with other people. So so here's here's what I want to uh, just sort of remind everybody about. 
that uh, and this this comes from Dr. James Dobson that uh, when we're when we're in the thorns and thistles, we need to remember uh, and again four things four things we need to re- remember. God is present and involved in our lives even when He seems deaf or on an extended leave of absence. God is present and involved in our lives when He seems deaf or on an extended leave of absence, and and we. I think we all have gone through those periods before, um, and you know, Sean and I share a common experience. Um, his dad died. My dad died. Um, his dad. Um, it was many weeks uh, before before he died. He went through the sickness, stroke, and everything like that. Time in the hospital. My dad. Boom. He's gone. Uh, Thanksgiving the day, day before Thanksgiving, nineteen eighty four. And in the moment that that my dad died, it was not in my belief system to even think I was in the middle of thorns and thistles during that time. My, maybe my mom did. I don't. I don't know. But it didn't cross my mind at that time that I'm in the middle of the thorns and thistles. It didn't cross my mind in that time. God, where are you in this? It, it that just was that was just not part of my system because. In my mind, I'm just being honest with all of you. Um, it's just part of life and death, right? That that's just part of the part of the process that, that we all go do and go through. And unfortunately, my dad didn't didn't live into his 60s, um, so late 50s. So, do I wish for a lot longer life for him? Sure, I do. And so, Sean, I was I was wondering since. We share that common experience of losing our dad, both very different dramatic ways of 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 losing a parent. What in the midst of that, in the crucible of you and your mom and your sisters going through this, uh, the thorns and thistles of the hospital stay, of the ups and downs on that, did what was what was sort of the family belief and even your belief okay is god present or is he taking extended leave of absence or is he deaf what where did y'all fall in that it was never an extended leave of absence um but it depended on the day it depended on the day there were there were times in the journey which lasted 8 weeks there were times in that journey where you know and it's a, and it's a just this incredible roller coaster where you know, he's in ICU. We can only go in every couple hours and you go in one visitation. We literally lived, you know, each visitation, how that went determined our attitude for the next two, for the next hour and a half before we could go back. And it was amazing how much could change. You could go in at 10 a.m. and he was alert. He was talking. Everything was great. You can go back, you know, at noon and he'd be completely unresponsive. And so during that time and during days like that, there were times that I, now my mother, I will tell you before I go into how I felt, my mother never once wavered, never wavered. And, you know, between myself, my wife, three sisters and my brother-in-law and my two nephews and niece, my mother was the one holding us up when it really should have been the other way around. But that's just, that's just her. She's just a rock. And that's, uh, that's how she handled it. For me, I would, 
you know, get I would be elated going in and see it, having a good report, see and having a good visit. And then an hour and a half later, go back and it'd be completely dismal. And there were times that I would look to God and just like, seriously, really, we're going to we're going to continue doing this. How much more can we take? You know, it was it was never where are you? It was just the, you know, the infamous question of why? Why? You know, um, I don't know how this is going to end, but why does it have to be so stressful? Why, why, why? And again, in retrospect, you can look back and you can see God working in each and every one of those visitations and the highs, the lows. I'll never forget, um, it was Good Friday and I'd been here. He had been unconscious for 24 hours, and I had been here at the church uh, for our Good Friday services. I left and went back, and he was, I mean, he he woke up, and when he woke up, he was on it, man. I mean, we had, we talked all night. I mean, literally till the sun came up, we talked about everything under the sun, everything from his finances to what he was going to eat when he got out of the hospital at Waffle House. We had all these conversations. And my mother came in at 8 a.m., 7 a.m. We had not been asleep. He speaks to her, and then he says, I'm tired. If y'all are okay, I'm going to take a nap. He never woke up. And so even in that moment, I'm thinking, you know, just 30 minutes ago, we were having this great conversation, and now he's tanked again, and they, you know, and they tell us he's he's not going to survive this. So throughout the whole journey, there were many, many times where I did question God. I did want to know why. And by the time he actually passed away, you know, I knew I knew what I needed to know. And I and I was aware of that. I was mindful of that. And so his actual passing was not near as tough as the journey getting there. Yeah, and yeah, and you sort of alluded to the fact that uh, that your mom knew God was present, involved, even though it didn't seem like it, and she was the one that kept sort of reminding you of that about it, but either by practice or by by just her, her just her demeanor through, throughout the whole ordeal. Absolutely. So, well, you know, yeah. he lasted three days in that vegetative state, and uh, I remember thinking I stayed with him the entire time. My mother never spent the night there until the last night. And I remember hearing her up in the room about 2 a.m. And I was thinking, okay, he's been like this for two or three days now. It's time to have that conversation about discontinuing life support. And I was thinking, this is going to be the hardest conversation I've ever had. So as she's coming out of the bathroom, I stopped and I said, I said, mother, I need to talk to you about this. And as I asked the question, what do you want to do if he's still like this tomorrow? She, uh, she said, oh, he's gone. He's not in there. He's gone. And I said, okay, well, um, I said, you know, we can do an EEG and see if there's any brain activity. She said, you can do whatever test you want to do, but I'm just telling you, I lived with a man for 48 years. He is not here. And I said, well, should I call the girls and tell them all to be down here? She said, yeah, go ahead and do that and um, tell them to be here at eight o'clock, but we're not doing this. Um, we're going to do it before lunch because... One of his relatives is coming at lunch, and uh, I don't want them here for this. 
<laughs> it was just, <laughs> and I stood there thinking, holy cow. Well, I guess I guess I was proved wrong again. This was not a difficult conversation to have with her because she already had her mind made up, and I guess she was waiting on us. Which actually leads to that second point that Dobson made, that to God's time is per- timing is perfect. Even when it appears he's catastrophically late, uh, so so it took it, obviously it took hindsight and uh, down right. the, down the road for you to realize this about what's going on with your dad. But you know, you know, Mary and Martha would have said the same thing about Lazarus. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Jesus, why are you late? Yada yada yada, yada. and we all know the story uh, of that one. Uh, and and truthfully, when I look back, and and again. I, th- I throw my dad's death out there in my life as the thorns and thistles uh, of, of my life because I, I'm I'm like the majority of the people that are even listening to this and part of our part of our uh, congregation. Uh, we've all lived pretty a charmed life. We're pretty 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 safe and secure. And uh, I know there's some people that's had more difficult times than others. But you know, when I look back on my life and what I think is hard, what I think was difficult, really wasn't. And 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 but even now when I think back, I, I still I'm not totally sure about the timing of of my dad dying is um you know, it was that was that time perfect for God? It it is. I don't understand it still to this day. Right. Uh, of why my mom has now lived longer by herself than she did when she than she did as a married woman, except to think that she has made a you know a ma- tremendous amount of difference in so many people's lives in her community because of her time availability to to, to do that up until the last couple of years. So that's the only thing I can think about. Uh, so the third thing that Dobson says for reasons that are impossible to explain, we human beings are incredibly precious to God, and so we think about the the being in the thorns and thistles. We have got to to understand this principle that that we are important to God. Uh, if you're tuning into this uh, and that's part of our reverse the curse thing, that that I, then I'm gonna deal with that a little bit on the next uh, next sermon message uh, that that we have. I'm gonna talk about God's interest in us um, a little bit more deeper than that. So for. Th- Reasons it's possible to explain we human beings are incredible precious to God. And the last thing that Dobson said, which is which is our last conversation, Sean, your arms are too short to box with God. Don't try it. I love that. <laughs> so I, I just threw this at Sean literally like 30 minutes ago. No, about 45 minutes ago. I said, I'm going to end it with this. He said, oh, yeah, I, I like that. Um, and and it, it is a tendency for us to, to want to get an arguing match, to get – into a why, why, why with with God, um, but you know it can he can he take it? Yeah, he can take it. It we're just wasting our energy, right? <laughs> so, That's exactly right. So, so 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 when you think about think about that, any any final thoughts as 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 regards to just that one little thought? Your arms are too short to box with God. Don't try it. Yeah, I do have a thought on that. And this and this I would say specifically to anyone who is going through a season like we're talking about right now. And that is rather than trying to box with God, do what Paul tells us to do, and that is take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So restrain every thought that enters your mind, question it, you know, namely, is this true? Is this not true? If it's true, go with it. If it's not, get rid of it. 
because that is how we battle the serpent making suggestions, the enemy. That's how we do that. And, you know, God is immensely interested in our well-being. And so if we can believe that, then we can take that and take every thought captive and ask ourselves questions like, is this logical? Does this line up with what I know to be true? And if it doesn't, get rid of it. And there, there was one story I didn't share um, Sunday that 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 I, that I want to close with because a lot of people around here know know a name uh, Dana Hall, uh, Dana McCain, and Melinda McClendon. Uh, both of these ladies have actually spoken at our church before. Uh, I think Melinda um, has has moved. Uh, I think up to Auburn. I think right now, but. She spoke a number of times, and one of the things that Dana Hall wrote about Melinda uh, on AL.com was that when Melinda would speak, one of the talks that she would give is, I miss my cancer. And she's a mother of four, Melinda is, and she uh, won uh, a bare-knuckles brawl with stage three metastatic breast cancer a few years ago. But Dana writes and about Melinda saying fighting for her life drove her deeper than ever before into her own spiritual life. She experienced a profound awareness of her mortality and dependence on God. There was freedom in focusing on what was truly important, allowing all the meaningless distractions of daily life to recede. In other words, in the thorns of the thistles, she became a stronger woman of faith. And so in the midst of our thorns and thistles, that's that's sort of our challenge, you know. Can can we become a stronger person of faith in that? Can we use that even in the middle of it? Not wait till we get to the end of it. Can we do it in the middle? Can we do it in the middle to be a stronger person of faith? That's not thinking that God's angry at us. That's not thinking that uh, our prayer life is is bad, that, that we've done something bad, but that simply God is present in our lives. He's wanting us to draw closer to Him and rely on Him even more during that time. So you're in the middle of thorns and thistles. I know you are. What are you going to do with it? Just don't try to box with God. Your arms are too short. Hey, thanks for listening. Appreciate your time this week. Uh, Blessings to you, and hope you'll tune in the next time uh, on our podcast. Um, And God bless you.